Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey friends, Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 83, Lauren Bateman. Now in this episode, I'm excited to dive in because Lauren has a, a, a crazy successful YouTube channel. She has built her own business like physical location for teaching lessons, uh, employing a bunch of instructors and creating her own course, her own system. She has built herself as a brand. How do you do that? <laughs> You know, I still geek out over that process. How does someone go from not having a brand to suddenly creating themselves as the brand? That's what this episode is about. And I love connecting with people who are passionate about communicating the guitar, how they view it, how they use it. And we get into all of that in this episode. We are just not going to wait. We are going to dive in. So episode 83, Lauren Bateman. I am super pumped purely because, you know, I, I started following you on uh, YouTube and I watched your tutorials because I don't think people realize even people that create content and even people that may have courses or things, they still like watching other, I don't know, it's like a sport. It's just fun to watch because it's just like when you watch someone else's teaching style, how they present the thing, you just yeah. look at it differently because you're like, oh, that's interesting how they did that. And to me, it's always just kind of re-upping and sharpening your your teaching tools, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. But what I want to get into is like, you know, you've you've built a career, a business, a huge following on YouTube. How does that start? Like, you know, you know, when I talk to creatives and people, music seems to always be it was always the thing. Like no matter yeah. what age, it was always there. Even if there were other things in the mix and something took precedence, music never left. It kind of like ate away, just being like, hey, hey. Yeah. Hey. You got to do this. Yeah. And I feel like I had that same experience. I started, um, my mom kind of forced me to take piano lessons when I was like 10. And that's where I started with music. And I absolutely hated it because I wanted to play the drums. My mom's like, no, you're going to take piano lessons. And I'm like, great. Um, so I did that for a couple of years, absolutely hated it. And then um, my sister for when I'm 16, as a confirmation gift, she bought me this guitar that someone in her college dorm was selling. For, I think she paid like 80 bucks for it. And it had like a case and like a VHS cassette tape. And, you know, I didn't get guitar lessons because, you know, we weren't really rich growing up and I kind of wasted the piano lessons. So no one was going to do guitar lessons. My mom was like, don't buy it. She's never going to use it. And there was something about guitar, I think, that that spoke to me, you know, in 16, growing up, um, you know, I grew up in a very strict household. So I, you didn't really have a lot of opinions. It was kind of like jump. And then you were like, how high do I jump? <laughs> you just, mm, you whatever they say, you were doing it. So guitar gave me an outlet to be creative and express myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that was the real attraction of the guitar, because I, I never learned chords on a piano. And then once I learned a chord on guitar, I was like, this is 
awesome. Like yeah. this is great. Wait, I can write songs using chords. So I just started writing the storm in my, my teenage years and went to college. I got a degree in biology and archaeology. I ended up working for a pharmaceutical company. Uh, but music was the thing that I just I just not never got tired of. Um, it was just something that I always loved. And I said, you know what, I, I got to do something more with this music I was working for a pharmaceutical company in cancer research. And as much as I love the work, mm -hmm. just I just didn't really feel feel fulfilled by it. So I kind of googled like how to quit your job to do music, like how to phase out your job. So that's essentially what I did. I started teaching, I started gigging more and I started teaching. I'm like, I, if I'm going to quit my job, because it's a good paying job too, you know, with benefits yeah. and vacation and all that stuff. I'm like, I got to figure out a way to support myself. So I started teaching just kind of out of a, a spare bedroom in my apartment, but that was kind of how it all started. I mean, and that was when I quit my job, that was 2009. So that was like 14 years ago. And then I've been doing music ever since talk about a badass career too like you know music was behind but like you're like archaeology archaeology and just like biology and you know but like really awesome things but yeah it, it's interesting when you say like and there's such a huge importance of that but there's like this like gnawing like i'm still not happy you know, I was working a desk job and, you know, when I was younger, part of why I got into cancer research, when I was younger, when I was 16, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. Um, so I understand how important it is to like do things today and like live in the moment. I'm a very like immediate person. And I think it comes from that experience when I was younger. And um, when I was 26, my aunt, she got pancreatic cancer and she ended up passing away and I quit my job shortly after that because it was just kind of like another reminder of she was only 51 and mm. here I am like 26 27 I was like shoot I could have I could have lived half my life and I'm gonna be here and I was like no I gotta go I gotta go do something that I love and that was kind of the next push to be like well, what do I really love I love music I actually went on the real catalyst was I went on this cruise ship it's called Kayamo and you know this was brandy carlisle was playing on before like mm. before she was like super big yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i got to play blackjack with brandy carlisle indigo girls you know a lot, there it was just this cruise ship that was like a folk festival on a cruise ship and i brought my guitar and i like performed on the ship and like the open mics and stuff and i just had so much fun and i was like i need to do more of this and that was kind of like i came home from that vacation and after that, I was like, I got to figure out how I do that. I got to do something with music. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I just knew I was like, I, this is what I got to do. But that's interesting because I feel that's a distinction between people that then go into the thing. I don't know. Joseph Campbell says, you know, follow your bliss, the thing that you love and yeah. like that's you're going to go. And there are other people that go, oh, that's risky. But it's like the yeah. risk is actually not doing yeah. it. The risk is just staying where you are and hoping things will change. That's the risk. The risk is like you do nothing and nothing changes. Oh. Or you take a risk, yeah. you fail, and you go back to what you were doing before and nothing changes. That like, But the risk is that something might change. And that's I, the real risk. And I yeah. think people are scared of that. Like we're scared of failing because we don't want we don't want others to be like i told you so you know there's always that fair in yeah. there but you know the real risk is like what if something does happen like what if something good comes out of this and i i think if you can flip your perspective yeah more people would take that leap of faith 
And I think with creatives, it's the worst because we're our, our, our minds, our creative minds can create amazing worlds of opportunity, but also it can do the reverse of the just, yeah. just like, what if it fails and everything burns to the ground and everybody blames me? And it's like, or, yeah. or it works out or the thing that you think you're going to yeah. do. It it's actually something different. Another door opens and you find out, oh my God, this is the thing I should be doing. I love this yeah. even more. And I find that, you know, as you get into teaching, when I started teaching, I, I viewed the instrument completely different It because like every yeah. time I have a new student, just in that one-on-one, -on, it's something about seeing someone at different stages, whether beginner, mm -hmm. intermediate, advanced, your view of guitar just expands and your music taste too expands because they're bringing right. things they love yeah. like i remember when somebody brought in jason isbel once and i was like who's this and they were like flying over water i learned i was like oh, i love this man yeah it was just like and now let me or when somebody brought in walk the moon or i think i learned i saw taylor swift's entire iteration from never getting back all the way through because it was just you saw trends you saw things change you just saw the whole yeah. package like, what was that yeah. experience in that first beginning of like that one-on-one -on -one scenario of teaching? It was interesting because when I started teaching, I had never taken a guitar lesson at that point, or I had taken a few. I maybe did like a few months with um, with a woman that was local, but for the most part, I was pretty much self-taught on guitar. So I was just like, I didn't feel comfortable, but at least I had taken voice lessons. So I actually started by teaching voice. Because I was so uncomfortable about teaching guitar because I was in my own head about, you know, it was like that imposter syndrome of yeah. like, well, I'm not Eddie Van Halen. So what right do I have to teach people guitar? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I felt. So I started with voice and then I, you know, I was my wife now, but we were dating at the time and I was like, let me just, let me just go next door and try this thing. So I gave her a guitar and I was going to teach her something simple, like Ode to Joy. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to show you this. Could you just humor me for like two minutes? So I gave her the guitar, which she didn't know how to hold. And, you know, she went to like fret like the first two or three notes of Ode to Joy. And I like ripped the guitar out of her hand. I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, what next? To her? She was like, she's like, what? I was not, but it made me realize I'm like, oh, like you forget when someone's an absolute beginner. Yeah. How much you, you can help them. You know, and I was like, I can help someone who's just starting with guitar. So I just started teaching and it was um it was interesting because I didn't really have like a method because once again I was mostly self-taught so you know I feel bad for probably like my first 20 25 students because I was kind of doing like experiments on them of being like what works one what keeps people's interest mm -hmm. you know because that's something that's always big for me is you know it, it's not about my goals on the guitar it's about the students goals and what the student wants to achieve and not everyone wants to become a rock star and not everyone wants to go to berkeley um some people just want to play kumbaya and have fun so it was kind of honing my skills and it's funny that you, you you were talking about like your students bringing you stuff to learn because i had mostly played my own music like that's why I played guitar was to write my own music. So I didn't know a lot of other people's music, surprisingly. So students would bring me stuff and I'd be like, okay, they'd be like, oh, what do you want to learn? Like needle in the damage is done. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll have that for your next week. And then I'm like, I gotta learn this song. And then, but yeah. I became a much better 
guitar player and and like you said expanded my own repertoire of music because people wanted to learn these songs and i'm like yeah let's do it let's go for it um so that was pretty much the beginning stages was really for me an experiment of figuring out how i was going to teach people and what was the most effective way to teach someone who was just getting started with guitar and i feel like the best way to get out of your own head is by helping other people get out of their own head because you just see yeah. it and you're just like oh this isn't good and you're like what are you talking about you're like this is only like four lessons in you're doing yeah. awesome like you realize that you're killing it and they're really and it's just like that's all they need the biggest yeah. I feel like with teaching it's it's a lot of like therapy too because it's a it's a lot of just like you you have a lesson plan they come in and then you immediately see i'm getting the read from them something's up yeah. and then you have a talk and that ends up being the entire lesson they're like i feel so much better and you're like wow you're you, and to me i think as a you know as you built your business i feel like business skills is all about like people reading and understanding yeah. and when you're having that one-on-one -on -one scenario with them you get good at reading people. It's funny because yeah. the first 25 felt like an experiment. I feel like the first 35, 40 felt like an experiment to me because yeah. I was like, oh, I don't think that was right. I was like, well, I'll do that different next time. Like, that was horrible. That did not go well at all. Oh, it did. I think that was only a half hour. <laughs> but then it probably, you know, you said you developed your method because through that just repetition, 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 I, I think yeah. how good repetition is. Yeah, and I mean, you learn what works, what doesn't work. Oh, I should pro I should have probably spent more time on this. You know, they were having this problem that meant I should have spent more time on this. Next time, I'll make sure to do that with another student, or I'll I'll watch out for this. And, and you start looking for those little things. You know, and coming from a science background, it was it was all experimentation. It's like, well, the yeah. next student. I'm going to try this with them instead. And it's like, oh, that went really well. I'm going to do that again, <laughs> you know, uh, or that didn't go so well. Or, or And maybe part of it didn't go so well because it wasn't part of my wheelhouse, you know, yeah. and, I, and I tell that to students all the time and why it's great to work with lots of different teachers, even with voice. I worked with so many different teachers. Everyone has their own specialty and their own wheelhouse, their own strengths. Like, I'm definitely not a great, like, lead guitar player. I can play lead guitar. I know the scales. I'm not a great improviser. I'm not a great solo writer, um, but I can strum the heck out of a guitar. Like I'm a rhythm guitar player and, and that's my strength. And, you know, when I think your passion comes out when you're teaching. So when you're teaching something that you love, it, it, it comes out versus something that you're less comfortable with. Mm -hmm. I, so. I love that idea too, of what you said, like recognizing your strength and leaning into it and not saying yeah. it like that. But like, hey, there's lots of other people too that this is their strength. That's awesome. Learn. The more teachers you learn, your your palate expands and just like your your knowledge grows. And but for you, yeah. the thing that lights you up, you don't hide. You're like, oh, this is my right. shit. Like I'm really like this is what I could just talk about all day and dive in. Right. So you're running this teaching business and you're creating and you're doing all these things. When do you start to pivot online? Like, cause to yeah. me, like, there's, you have, there's, there's always a moment where somebody mentions it and it's like, hmm, you think about it and you're like, oh no. Um, I wanted to do it for a while. I actually, funny enough, I started on YouTube. You can find videos from me, I think 2009, 2010. 
Yeah. Um, you can find some old videos of me because I, I wanted to go that route initially. Yeah, um, yeah. But I was working with a very bad business mentor at the time that dissuaded me from doing that. But in the end, everything works out the way it's supposed to. Because when I started going on YouTube, which is 2017, so almost seven years later, I had a lot more business came in. Yeah. I had a lot more confidence as a teacher. And so, so things happen for a reason is basically what I'm saying with that story. But I started teaching privately and then I, um, you know, I got full and I started hiring other teachers and then I opened some music schools. So I have brick and mortar locations as well. And, you know, as your business grows, you stop working in the business and you start working on the business. So I kind of, I think I removed myself completely from teaching in like 2018 ish. And I was really, I mean, 2017, I maybe had five students. I was still teaching on random days of the week. And I was just like, you know, I miss the interaction. I miss working with people. I miss teaching, but I knew I couldn't, it couldn't be like, I need to be here on Friday between the hours of, you know, two to six every week. Like for me, that was not life i wanted i need a lot more freedom to you know hey you know i get people all the time they're like hey i'm, I'm going atv in tennessee you want to come and i'm like sure let me get a plane ticket and hop on out you know yeah and that's how i've always wanted to live my life i was like that was that was the goal and that's what i do now so i want to be able to say yes to opportunities so i was like how do i teach but not have to be like dedicated to a location or a time or a space and i was like i'm gonna try this youtube thing i know i tried it before um, I'm going to start building my website. I'm going to do some YouTube videos and I'm just going to see what happens. And I uploaded my first video and I think I have one view, which was me. Probably just me like it worked. And, you know, I, I don't think the last time I uploaded a video was like, you know, 2015 or something from when I was performing. Yeah. But, I, you know, I did it and I started going and it, it didn't take off right away because everyone's like, oh my God, you have almost like 300,000 subscribers now. And I'm like, yeah, well, it, it definitely did not start that way. It's like, release a video, you get five views, 10 views. Like if I got 20 views, I was like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Um, and I almost quit twice because it it's that grind of YouTube, you know, because it, it, it takes time to get the snowball going. That's why I always tell people, I'm like, it's a snowball. And if you just keep putting the content out there and it's like, you get a subscriber here, a subscriber there, a view here. And it's like, over time, it starts, that snowball starts going yeah. and it does take off at some point, but you just never know when that's going to happen. And for me, that happened, uh, it was 2019. One of my videos took off. And after that, I was like, I should really take this a little more seriously. <laughs> and then COVID happened. So uh, I kind of went all in on YouTube. But that was the that was the whole transformation of like, you know, going from being a scientist, deciding I want to do music for a living, teaching, and then deciding like, oh, I'm going to try this whole online aspect of teaching now. Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to jump in the middle of this episode to let you know that there are a ton of free resources at songwritingforguitar.com. Did you know you could go there right now and you could find out the secrets to an amazing co-write? You could understand modern song structure. DA 101, you could start making songs and demoing songs with your DA right now. You could also go there and download my free quick start guide to help you understand multiple voicings with your guitar. There's a ton of resources completely free. All you got to do is just head over to songrangforguitar.com. You can sign up for one or all of them. 
So you have no reason why you can't start expanding your songwriting and guitar skills right this very moment. Just head over to songwritingforguitar.com. Okay, let's get back to the episode. I love the fact that you built up a school, number one, and you know, you started to pass on certain things to other people. And as you said, as you grow, and I think this is where people don't grow is because then they slowly let go and they just take it. They're kind of like, they need to look at the business as a whole and not right. look. And that's hard because when you teach, it's letting go of students. You have this connection. You're yeah. like, oh, and when you yeah. see it, it's so hard. And yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I had students yeah. I had for 10 years and I'm like, this student's never going to withdraw. And at some point I had to just be like, I'm so sorry. I'm not, I'm not teaching it anymore. And, you know, you put them with another teacher and, but it's just like, you know, there were students, I, most of my students that were still with me were, I think the least someone had been with me at that point was like five or six years. So yeah. you're like, you're, you're letting go of these people who've been with you for like a very long time. They're basically friends. And it's like, ah, oh, but, but you have to let go of that piece of yourself to move forward. And that's a hard thing. That's a very hard thing for a lot of people to do. Because I think people think of moving on or next chapter things when it's a bad note. Nobody thinks about like, it can be a good, you can close the door on a good thing to move on to a good thing. Everybody thinks it needs to be in a shambles. Like it's like, oh, I hate this now. I must, I must re-energize and find something new. But the idea of like closing, hey, this is great, but I have to do this. And if I want to go to the next level, the things that you're talking about, that freedom of being like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm getting on a plane, let's go. And doing that, it's a whole new chapter. And I think it's refreshing to hear too, that you stopped, like you thought about stopping YouTube and and then you thought about it again, but then there was another thing that was like, oh, nope, I have to just keep on. If I get it to, it's going to be there. So that to me is also vision. And that's yeah. just, and that's a matter of patience. With I think stuff. that's one of my strengths is that I'm one of the people I'm, I'm not afraid to go two steps backwards to go mm-hmm. five steps forward. Because when you think about it, you know, my entire life process, you know, I worked for a pharmaceutical company and, mm-hmm. you know, I was making, you know, my base salary was like $65,000 a year. And then you could qualify for bonuses. And, you know, I quit that job. And I think my first year as a teacher but, you know, doing it very part-time to beginning that first year, I only made like $10,000. You were like, Hmm. And then the next year, I think I made like 20 something, you know? Uh, so for a lot of like, that's a big step backwards for people to, to have to, and, and some people, you know, depending on your life situation, I was very fortunate. You know, I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have like kids and stuff. It gets harder as you get older. I I'm not going to make any, you know, let people know like when you have more responsibilities it gets harder to ignore those responsibilities to take these kinds of leaps of faith but even when i opened my music school um my wife had just gone back to school for to go for full-time nursing so we kind of lost her income and then i went from opening this music like we were teaching out of my house and then we opened a music school so i had all this overhead so pretty much the majority of my income went to funding the music school for like the first two, three, four months. And then things things did take off and go well, but it was like, I was willing to take that step backwards again and being like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take a 
three, four thousand dollar a month hit until we get back to where we were. And then each time I did that, it was like we went back. But when I got to the next growing point, it was always much higher. Um, and I, for a lot of people, again, when we're talking about fear, like it's scary to do that because you're like, what if it doesn't work? And it's like, yeah, but what if it does? It's like the it, difference is so big when it does work out. It's like, it's great. I feel like when you do that step back, you actually see the view a little bit better. You can take a look at it, the grand scheme of things and be like, okay, yep. Yeah. Right. And to me, again, it's just vision and it's, yeah. it's taking that step of like, this is going to work. You know why? Because I'm going to make it work. I'm going right. to it will work out. This is not like an either or scenario. This I've yes. done this before. It's been good. I'm just going to do it again. It's just, an, I feel like next level things have next level problems. Right. Yes. And so you 100%. have to be okay with that. And it's just like, yeah, I've never encountered this before. That's ah, because this is like a new level of growth. Yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, no wonder I've never had this before. Yeah. And I mean, don't underestimate the, like you were talking about the motivation to move forward. Like when you take away that safety blanket, like mm -hmm. people are like, why are you so successful? And it's like, cause there wasn't an option to fail. Like I had to succeed. Like people were counting on me to be successful and, and get this going. Like I, I family, we have to put food on the table. Like I have mm -hmm. to be successful. So, you know, it really does set fire under your butt when you're like, okay, I just removed my safety blanket. I really got to get to work now. You know, it is when it's some, when you realize it's not just you anymore, but there are others. And then you feel yeah. like this new level of responsibility that you kind of, cool, here we go. Because now you've got employees, your family. Yeah. And like, I remember hiring my first person, just that like responsibility of like their income. Yeah. Based on my, and it's like, Oh shit. Right. Just, you feel that just that little weight a little bit. It, it, yeah. And that's, that's a whole nother thing. When you become like a business owner with employees, you're like, it's not just me anymore. It's like, yeah. I, there's other people who are counting on me to be successful. Now I want to, so you, you built up a, you know, crazy successful YouTube channel. Uh, this is where I want to get into the online realm of saying things like online courses, because yeah. the platform we use is Kajabi platform uses Kajabi. And I remember seeing you post, I was like, oh, you made, a, you know, the, so you built up one business. And then to me, the online sphere in terms of like online, it, that's a completely different world. It's a, a whole new set of things. So how was yeah. that? Was the pandemic really kind of that thing that pushed that even further? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because you can look at my data and you can see exactly when COVID hits, it's like this big hump in the <laughs> middle of the data. And you're like, well, that's an anomaly. <laughs> it was a global pandemic. Um, but like I said, you know, back, if we backtrack to 2019, I had a video that kind of took off. I think it was like the end of October, early November of 2019. And the video had done nothing for like two and a half years. And it just kind of sat there. And I don't know what made this video all of a sudden start to take off, but it did. Um, and I noticed I was like, hmm, to sell like more course, like, like I would get emails and be like, you sold the course, you sold the course. And I'm like, this is happening a lot more frequently. I'm like, what? Something's happened. Cause I'm yeah. big on data. I'm like, something's changed. I need to go figure out what that was. So I went over to my website and of course I looked at my analytics there and there was a huge spike in traffic, but I couldn't really pinpoint like where it was coming from. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes you know, you'd get an article in the New York Times and then you'd see a bunch of traffic flooding in from that. There was nothing like that. And I'm like, hmm. So I went over to YouTube and I saw the huge spike over there and I was like, 
holy crap. <laughs> like, like this video went from like 20 views a day to like 4,000 views a day in like two weeks. It was like, it, it literally just exploded like that. So I was like, holy crap, like what, what happened here? But that was like the light bulb that went off. And I was like, oh, okay. So the more views I can get on YouTube, the more sales I can make on my website, on my course too. Um, so that was the big kind of light bulb moment for me. And then of course, when, you know, COVID hit, uh, we had April, you know, my brick and mortar business, we lost like 35% of the business, like overnight end of March. Yeah. It was like, where, you know, my wife and I sat down, she was a nurse, so it was not a great time for her. There was mm -hmm. a whole lot of uncertainty. And, you know, we were just like, you know, I have no clue what's going to happen. Like, we don't know how long the business is going to be shut down. We could lose everything. Um, and then April, I had the best month online ever. And I was just like, we're going to be fine. We're good. We all no problem. Um, so I basically like removed my pay from the music school to keep that floating. And I just paid myself with what I was making online. So in April 2020, we made $16,000. And that was like the most money I had ever made for myself yeah. in a single month. And I was just like, holy crap. And then obviously once things reopened, it kind of settled back down and it worked to the point where I was maybe making like $2,000 a month. And I was like, that was very disappointing. That was very demoralizing for me. And I, but then I kind of like looked back and was like, okay, how, how much traffic was I getting that I was making this much money? And I said, I just have to get my channel back to that point and I can make $16,000 a month again. So it, it gave me a goal. Yeah. You know, I was depressed for like split second. And I was like, but I can get back there. How? And then I was like, I just got to make more content, more videos, and I just got to get the traffic to that point again, which which we have, and we've gone beyond that at this point. Um, but yeah, the the pandemic was kind of the catalyst that made me realize how much potential there was in online space. That is awesome. Like, yeah, it was. I remember, we were in the kitchen, and it was just like, cause I I did like a COVID sale. It was like, yeah, yeah. you know, I it was like half off the course for COVID. I was, I was like, we need money. I was like, I'm just going to run this ridiculous sale. We're going to do 50% off the course. And it was like the last night. It was, uh, you know, I think it ended May 1st and it's April 30th. And, and we were in the kitchen. I remember because like my phone kept dinging and, you know, she's like, what's going on? I was like, I keep selling courses. And she's like, what are you at? And I'm like, $14,000. And she's like, what? And like over the span of like an hour, in yeah. of us just chatting in the kitchen, I had made like another thousand dollars within that conversation. And, and I told her, I was like, I think our life just permanently changed. And so it's like, it's, it's, I can remember the exact moment where I was like, our life is never going to be the same from this day on. All, but every single move that you made was like a, an adjustment, an adjustment. Yeah. But then they all worked to where this moment where it's like, you stayed consistent with YouTube. Yeah. You stayed consistent. You, you know, you built up a strong business locally, brick and mortar, but like you backed away. You were like, hey, I'm just not going to take payment. I'm going to make sure this runs. Full. So that was yeah. running. But then YouTube, something happened. And then here we go. And now you've got this fund where it's helping you. And everything seems to be, people would look back and be like, oh, man, you're just lucky. No, you were someone that really invested because it's easy to do that shit it just be like oh you're just lucky you know a lot of people yeah but you made a lot of conscious decisions right to, to go for yourself and believe in the results yeah. you can do and i think that's right. what happens when you do that 
The, mm-hmm. It seems like it's a perfect, like, oh, it just worked out perfect. Yeah. But that was you showing up and believing in your capabilities. Yeah. I mean, I used to, you know, when I was recording my course, I recorded the course like the end of 2017 and it was the summer and I used to, I lived like around the corner from my music school. So I used to lug all my equipment because I didn't really have like a space at my house to do it. Mm-hmm. So I used to lug all my equipment to the music school. I'd have like my camera and then like, you know, I use like overhead light, like crappy lighting. And I used to go to the music school in the morning before it would open and I would record. So if you find some of my old YouTube videos, you'll see that like behind me is this really bright blue background. That's the music school. I used to record in the music school and then I'd have to break everything down for when the teachers came in to start teaching. And then I would do that every day until until it was done. And then I'd go home and I'd, I'd edit the videos, which took forever because I was still doing everything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like you you put the time in and i'm grateful that i did that because by the time covid came around i had a website I had a course i could i had something i could sell people and you know covid happened i think a lot of people were playing catch up so was i lucky in the sense that i had all those things set up yes but it happened over like i said i started early 2017 so i had already been doing this for like two and a half years so it was kind of like the perfect storm of all this effort coming together. And then this opportunity arised and I was able to capitalize on that because I had put the time in. So if somebody's listening to this and they were like, listen, this sounds great. This sounds awesome, but I feel, you know, I'm not sure what my first move should be. You know, I want to quit that job. I want to start investing my time into the things that I love, like whether it be guitar, songwriting, production, that what would you say to them on just that first step that first thing yeah. that first move going back based on my experience of like having a full-time job and then and then quitting that job my recommendation would be to to first test the waters you know and, and what do i mean by that so when i was working for the pharmaceutical company i used to go into work seven o'clock in the morning and then i'd leave three o'clock in the afternoon and i'd get home around four o'clock or like a little before four. So I knew that I could take my first student at four o'clock and that's what I did. So I would work with the pharmaceutical company and then I would come home and I would teach. And, but it proved to me that I, one, I could find students, I could get them and that I could provide income. Was it, again, was it what all I needed to cover everything? No, but it was like almost a proof of concept of like, okay, I can do this. And I did that for a while to build up some savings. So it's kind of burning the candle, burning the candle at both ends, as, as they say. Um, but I did that intentionally because I knew when I quit my job that I would need a little stockpile of money to just get through the beginning. So I knew it would probably be slow. So I would just be intentional about your first steps. Have your job. Yeah. But also, you know, as, as Gary V says, it's like your side hustle, work your side hustle get that going. It doesn't mean that it has to completely replace your initial income, but a lot of people, they quit when they've got nothing in place. And it's like, that's kind of setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a good time to take those risks and leaps of faith, you know, because you've already tested the waters of it. So if you're someone, you know, that teaches music, start teaching, 
start getting out those 25, 30 students that you need to experiment on to figure out what makes you a good teacher. Because then if you quit your job, you're like, well, I'm already ahead of the curve because I've already tested myself out on like 25 people. And I've already got a roster of people because that's essentially what I did. I worked my job. I started building up a roster. And then I gave a three months notice because my job was very specialized. So my boss asked me, she was like, when you go off to be a rock star, can you just give me three months notice? So I went in in May and I said, I'm giving you my three months notice that, you know, July 31st will be my last, my last day. Uh, which then I was like, okay, now I have three months to get as many students as I can <laughs> like to really build that roster. Yeah. I was like, cause I'm losing, I'm losing the safety net. Um, but it was a belief in myself that I could do it. So what's the, what's kind of the points one, don't just throw your job away unless you've done some planning. I'm not talking about like over planning every detail, but test the market and just see what you can, what's capable first okay because then that will give you some insights of like all right well maybe i need to stick up my job for a year i can quit my job in three months i just got like a bunch of students this quickly uh and then after that then you can put all your focus into the side hustle and growing that so those, those are kind of my insights on that a little bit what i love about that uh there was a book that i read that was called real artists don't starve and it's the yeah. same concept and i'm thinking of my own experience of kind of segueing to teaching it was, I was burning the candle at both ends where it was like yeah. working up my full time. And then cool, like come for it's, it's that magical teaching hour of like, I think like four o'clock, four 30, where it's like, now it starts. And it's just then yeah. going all the way until, and then just building up that craft to the point where it is an overloaded schedule. And you're like, now I yeah. can make the switch. Yeah. You're well, like, now I'm exhausted. It is. Now I'm exhausted. But I mean, on the weekends I've been getting up, you know, I used to wake up at 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning and i used to fly our cars in the neighborhood because people park on the street not everyone has a driveway here and i live in the city so there's lots of cars on the street you can't put anything in anyone's mailbox but you could put stuff on their windshield i got so many like eight phone calls too but i'm like i would get up on sunday morning five o'clock in the morning because i knew everyone was sleeping which meant the car would be in the street and i would go around all the side streets and start flying people's cars for guitar lessons and that's how i built up my original roster of students and then once i had enough students i allowed myself to sleep in on sundays that is a champion of yourself you're looking for every opportunity to talk about the thing show the thing yeah. show up for the thing a lot of people sometimes are very hesitant with that they're kind of like yeah 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 i, yeah. Not I think for a lot of people they're like if i show you know they're like if you build it they will come and it's like <laughs> no you can build it, but you have to get out there and let people know you exist. And I think that's where people make a, a lot of mistake in, in business is, you know, they'll, they'll start a business, but they don't have a website, you know, <laughs> which to this day still perplexes me. I'm like, how do you not have a website for your business? So, you know, you have to go out there. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You can't just be like, and even if you build a website, like, great, I built this website. Now everyone's going to find me. And it's like, no. They're definitely not in the beginning. You have to go out there and make it happen. Yeah, you have to talk about it. You have to realize what are ways I'm going to drive traffic to my website. It's great. You got a yeah. website. It does perplex me too when people are like, I have a business. I'm like, cool, what's your email? And they're giving me like gmail.com. I'm like, do you have, do, do you set up a website? GH512683 at AOL.com. 
<laughs> I still have my hotmail. Um, my, my website is an old MySpace site. It's still running right now. So that's where you go. But to me, this is so amazing to hear because it's easy to look at something amazing that's built and be like, oh, you know, well, it's only one person. Yeah. But to hear the story that it wasn't also to like this, like straightforward path, but like there are these twists, there's these yeah. pivots, there are these trials, there are these errors, but the continuing theme is patience in yourself, really stepping, not being afraid to step back and how that may look to other people, but thinking long-term, this is the best for me and the thing that I want to build because it's going to ultimately lead to me being like, yeah, I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to go do what I want because I now created that space and that life for me Yeah, to do that. Right. And, and that's it. You're, you're creating your space. You know, like I'll, I'll go out and people, you know, people who don't know me that well and I'm like, oh, I just, I teach on YouTube, you know, I'm usually I don't make a big thing out of it. And then they'll be like, oh, well, well, how do I find them? I'm like, oh, just, just put Lauren guitar in Google. I'll, I'll pop up. And then they're like, you know, it's like this whole, it's like the website, the, you know, it's podcasts. And they're like, they're like, holy crap. And I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like that. Just darn guitar. I'll come right up. And they're like, holy crap. So like creating a brand around your name, you yeah. know, that people could simply just type your name into like, people are like, have you Googled yourself? Like Google yourself and see what comes up to the point of like, you're like, cool. Like, this is what I want to see when people type my name in. Like, it's just, you just want it to be your brand and good things about your brand videos, courses, like you want to become the brand. And I think what's great about your brand is again, you are, you're super personable on camera and just like in your dialogue and to see the testimonials, testimonials don't happen when it's not uh, an authentic self yeah. and brand. It's like yes. people sniff out a phony. I think especially now yeah. with everybody inundated with so much, having someone building that, you can tell when someone's just in it for a very like, oh, that, yeah. I, I just give me your money and I'm gone. But yeah. when you see people constantly, you know, speaking highly and you see those testimonials, then it's like you're yeah. making connections with people, not just within your school that you've built, but also to that whole online sphere, that whole world you've created. Yeah. And I think, you know, cause that's a question I get asked a lot from people too. They're like, how do you stick out? Like, you know, you've got like the Kings of guitar, you got like Justin guitar and Marty guitar and Andy. And, you know, I, I always see on like podcast I'll tease and they're like, what differentiates you from all these other people? And I'm like, well, I have boobs. So that helps. But I'm like, I'm the female version. <laughs> And then that usually gets a good laugh out of people. But I tell people like, you know, you know, if you're if you're another guy that's trying to get into this realm, or even if you are, you know, a woman, it's it's just be yourself. Genuinely be yourself because that's who people are going to connect with. Yeah. It's your way of teaching. Like, you know, Justin's a great teacher, Andy's a great teacher. They do things differently, and everyone learns in a different way. And the way I say it, my help someone else. One of my friends, he teases me. He's another online YouTuber. Um, John, he's out in LA and he always teases me. He's like, you're Lauren Bateman. You're God's gift to the elders. <laughs> <laughs> my demographic is like, I, I tell people, I'm like, I'm Lauren. I specialize in helping older adults over the age of 50 who just want to have fun learning guitar. And it's like, that's my angle. So people know, like I'm their person. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not doing Taylor Swift not doing Ed Sheeran, you know, I'm going slow, 
you know, and I, I just let people know that they can do it. Cause like we were talking before you hit live, we were talking about how, like one of the biggest compliments I get from people about why they like me and my YouTube channel is they're like, you're not condescending. And they can tell that genuinely. I mean, I've never met some of these people in real life, but they can genuinely tell that I care and that I'm not condescending and I make them feel good about themselves. And you, even though I'm not in the room with them, it just goes to show you that how much being yourself on camera matters because the people who connect with you, they're going to pick up the traits about you that they like, mm -hmm. and that's what's going to attract them to you. And that's why they're going to go to me over Justin or me over Marty, or, you know, they probably learn from a bunch of few different people. You know, I get a lot of people who are like, well, you and you and Justin are like my main two, or, you know, you and this other person, like I keep going back between your videos and that's what you want. You want people to connect with you. And that's what I try and tell my music teachers in the school. It's like, yes, we teach music lessons. I'm like, but we teach people first. And I'm like, they're not buying music lessons. They're actually buying you. So if they like you, they'll take lessons from you a lot longer than if they don't. Love that. This was awesome, Lauren. Thank you so much for hanging out. This is so good. Again, because <laughs> this was just fun. Oh, good. Awesome. And that does it for this week. It was edited and produced by Chris Vefalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.